Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office Equipment Solutions North America wide. Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 334 New York City. The Oilers and the Rangers tomorrow. It's 134 in Edmonton. Uh, tomorrow's game is 11 o'clock puck drop. City Ford face-off show beginning at 930 with Reed Wilkins, Jack Michaels, Rob Brown, and myself. I'm Bob Stauffer with you. This is Oilers Now along with Brendan Escott. Uh, we will tell you that the best pizza in the city is still making a great royal pizza. Multiple locations in Edmonton to serve you, including the Royal Pizza's one and only Mediterranean chicken. That's the stopper uh, recommendation. And Royal Pizza's first location opened up in Old Strathcona some 49 years ago. Edmonton owned and operated. Well, we're going to bring aboard a guy now from Global Montreal, Brian Wild, who a number of years ago worked on Oilers television broadcasts. And you know what? There were some tough years when he worked the games. But I don't think there was quite the hysteria. <laughs> As there might be right now, <laughs> Brian. How you doing? Welcome back to the uh, show. Uh, well, very well, very well. Thanks very much. Yeah, I was there in uh, 92, 93, 94, and I was super green uh, when I did the Oiler game. So it was quite the learning experience for sure. Uh, but I, I agree 100 percent with the thought you just had. The hysteria right now compared to what it was as I started in the market in Edmonton and then moved to Montreal, being born and raised in Edmonton. It's it's entirely different. I can feel it even from Montreal. Uh, there's there's an intensity about the orders that it, it just wasn't there. It, I, I'd like to relate it to the Winnipeg Jets. How when the Jets and the orders both entered from the WHA into the NHL, they both had a certain amount of interest with them. And then the Jets lost their team. And, of course, some of it had to do with the Canadian dollar and everything, but some of it had to do with the interest as well. And now that the Jets are back, I mean, anybody can see the difference between the interest that the Jets were able to parlay before they left and when they came back for their reincarnation. And one can equate it with the Oilers the exact same way as the Jets. There's just so much more intensity these days. I don't know if it's social media or what, but it's intense. 
Well, it, there's no question about it. And, uh, you know, the Oilers are lucky to, first of all, they survived and never had to move and, you know, went through some difficult times. Uh, you know, Peter Pocklich, and I think we could draw a parallel right now of Eugene Melnick in Ottawa. Uh, Cal mm-hmm. Nichols, who I personally think should be in the Hockey Hall of Fame as a builder. Uh, Cal Nichols uh, first with the uh, Save Our Oilers campaign uh, from a ticket perspective, and then later it was spearheading the Edmonton Investors Group. That got us to Daryl Cates' ownership in 2008. And, Brian, as you know, since the uh, 0405 lockout, uh, the Edmonton Oilers have contributed to revenue sharing every year but one, and that was in 1516, and that's when the Canadian dollar dipped down to, I think, 71, 72 cents. That was the last year at Rexall Place. Yeah, and it went to 152. Right. I mean, the fans, Edmonton's got awesome fans. They care. Uh, you know, today's show, we could have done calls for six more straight hours. I mean, fans are they're, they're upset. So I, the, the question I pose for you, is it too early to jump on a team when they have an 0-2 start and they lose to two teams that made the playoffs in the Eastern Conference last year? Well, of course. I mean, one of the things you get with passion is you get emotion, and then that emotion for some fans always leads to being over-emotional about a win. They're going to win the Cup, plan the parade, and a loss. They're the worst team in the history of the world. I mean, this is the same in Montreal where I am. It's the same in where you stand right now where the Rangers haven't gotten off to a good start after finally winning one last night. It's it's completely normal, but uh, it's definitely too soon. And I think everybody's just carrying around last year with them. They're just, oh, no, here we go again. But you're right. I mean, the, the Boston Bruins are a fantastic hockey team, and that first line is essentially as unstoppable as the Toronto Maple Leafs' first line and are probably the two best lines in the league. And and they can make you look bad, like they made Benning look bad. Uh, they'll make a lot of players look bad. And Pasternak and Marchand and Bergeron are just a force. I see them all the time. They're, they're a force. So everybody needs to calm down if they can. I know it's hard. I mean, I'm not going to suggest, Bob, that the team doesn't have holes. They do. And the Canadians Absolutely. have holes, too. And, and the, like for me, the number one hole, the number one change that needs to be made on the Edmonton Oilers is exactly the same hole that the Montreal Canadiens have. You cannot win a ton of hockey games without a first-pairing defenseman. And the Oilers have strong, steady defensemen, but you need a horse. You need a horse. And maybe Bouchard will be a horse as he gets more experience. You've got some hope there, right? But you need a horse. But in the meantime, you got three guys that are second-pairing guys in Klopfbomner yeah, and Larson, and they're not first-pairing defensemen at this time. No. In Montreal's but, case, you have a first-pairing right shot. But he's team, injured. But he's hurt. Yeah. yeah. But, but what I'm focus- saying is you only need one because you have three second-pair defensemen or high-quality defensemen who are playing. Yeah. See, the worst thing you can do for a defenseman is put them... See, here, here's a great example. Last year, when the Canadians fell apart completely, they probably had four five sixes. So they had four third-pairing defensemen. So you had two of them that were in the second pair, and you even had one that was often in the first pair. So when you tell Jordy Benny he only has to play 12 minutes against fourth liners, he's not a bad defenseman. When you tell Jordy Ben or David Schlemko or Carl Alsner or Xavier Willett 
that they have to play the best players on the other team and keep their energy up for 21 minutes, they'd fall apart. So if you get one horse, now everybody gets to play back in their roles. You're not asking second-pair guys to go 27 minutes, 25 minutes. You're asking second-pair guys to be second-pair guys where they're comfortable. And you slide one guy up to play with a horse, and suddenly your first pair looks great, too. And then everything falls into place. But, man, teams can go south in a hurry when guys aren't playing in their right roles. Like Jonathan We're joined by Brian Wild from... Yeah, Brian Wild joining us from Global out of Montreal. Let's switch focus to the Canadians. They're sure. off to a, a, what are they, a 1-1-1 one, one one start right now. now yep. was a, by all reports, I mean, I think they had 40 shots on goal last night on Jack Campbell, but they did not score. Uh, how would you assess the start of the season in Montreal? Well, they have the same holes as last year, for sure. They do need a first-pair defenseman to go with Shea Weber, and they need Shea Weber to come back. So you've got defenders that are playing out of their role. They're starting to finally shore up their center uh, position, which has been a two-decade-long problem since uh, Vincent Damfus and Pierre Turgeon both left in the mid-'90s. They haven't really filled a number-one center role. Saku Koibu was the best, but I think essentially one would say he was like a, a 1B towards a 2. So they're finally starting to figure that out. They got Nick Suzuki. They got Ryan Paling. These are two guys that maybe not everybody's heard of that are going to be coming next year. And they've got just Barry Kutkaniemi, who is really shocking everybody, drafted third at the age of 18. So they finally got some hope down the middle. But this, I think this is a transition year for them, Bob. I don't see them really turning it around too much. I predicted 83 points from, for them this year, coming off of 71 last year. So I think the bottom is in on this stock chart. But I think that it's going to have some basing before it starts to take off where all these young draft picks start to find their game through the years. Certainly not this year. I don't think you can expect anything special. Uh, yeah, it's it's certainly an interesting situation there. Uh, it's also interesting because of what's occurring in Ottawa. <laughs> and so, you know, and I don't ever want to disparage other organizations, but you get to see the Senators play yeah. uh, more than I do. And, and by the way, for the record, I totally understand why Pierre Dorian actually bumped into the Ottawa guys uh, in Boston. They played in the orders flew in from uh, Sweden into Boston Sunday afternoon, and then uh, Ottawa was playing the, the Bruins on Monday. Uh, I understand why they made the pick of uh, Matthew Kachuk. Um, but that, I mean, they're that, that's a that's an organization that's lacking some depth and being forced to trade players as well. How closely are you? I mean, are you? You've got this connection to Edmonton. You're watching the Canadians on a daily basis. How closely are you watching what's going on in Ottawa as well? Oh, pretty pretty close because they're actually in our same television market. So we yeah. get east we get east of Brampton. So we get all of their games. So I get to watch them all the time, and I, I certainly do watch them. I watch the Oilers on center ice, and I watch the Senators. Uh, and then, of course, the Canadians are probably the big three that I, that I tend to watch all the time. So, yeah, I have a pretty good beat on it, and it's ugly. I mean, it's really I mean, it, ugly. It, it, it's, it's ugly. It's so ugly what's going on there. I mean, it, the fans, I mean, you could not believe how many empty seats there were the other night. It was crazy. I mean, it looked like Florida. It was bad. Can you relate to it? Can you relate to it because of what you experienced 
in Edmonton. Yeah. Oh, uh, you know, yeah. you, you guys got the rights, you know, and you you talked about the fact that you're in the embryonic stages of your broadcasting career at that time. But you guys got the rights to the games, and mm-hmm. the, those were the years the team didn't make the playoffs on the heels of those Stanley Cup teams. And you know, I, I say that I know fully well that since 2000, you know, the owners have only made the playoffs four times over the last 18 years, but they have yeah, got to, to the final, final ones too. Yeah, right. So. Um, are there some parallels between what happened with Pocklington and the demise of the Oilers and conversely, you know, how he had to sell off his best players sort of on a continuous basis and what's occurred there with Malik and Ottawa? Yeah, you know, and I love the question because it gives me an opportunity to relate relate some of the things that did happen to me in the mid-90s. There was a time where um, CTV was asked to go to Minnesota because Peter Pocklington was leveraging the whole situation with his building, trying to get more and uh, more from the Northlands people and uh, tax cuts and everything from the province. And he was really crying that he was impoverished. So we actually went to Minnesota and he brought me into his office after we got back from Minnesota because I did a story at the Target Center and I worked really hard that day and I got a hold of uh, the guy that they were saying was going to be the next would-be owner of the Edmonton Orders that Pocklington sold the team to Minnesota and the proprietor who was working at the Target Center. And I asked him, how serious are you about it? And he had no idea <laughs> what I was talking about. So Peter Parkington was floating this story that they're very interested in uh, acquiring my franchise, moving it to the middle of downtown Minneapolis at the Target Center where the basketball team already plays. Everybody's super excited to go down there. So he brings me into his office, Bob, and he says, what the hell kind of story was that? We sent you down there to do a story on how beautiful the building is, we wanted you to show the luxury boxes so I could get some. You know, he was so angry with me because I did a real television story. So to equate it to the way it can go, it's the same thing with Eugene Melnick right now in Ottawa. He's selling guys left and right. He doesn't want to spend a penny. He's so hated they got billboards to get rid of him. As I don't know if you've heard, but there's campaigns to get rid of him. But here's the problem. And you brought it up already. There was an ownership group that stepped in before Katz finally stepped in with even more money. Here's the problem in Ottawa. There's no ownership group. There's no stopgap. There's no Katz. There's no hope. There's just this guy who's counting his bottom line on even $900,000 contract. Scary stuff. Brian, how do people follow you on Twitter? Uh, Be Wild Global. There we go. We'll do this again. 80% All right. of the tweets are Habs, and 20% are, uh, 15% are orders, and 5% are uh, politics. <laughs> you know, uh, sometimes for some folks out there, that doesn't work. No, it's true. <laughs> Great stuff, they man. Want to Take care, Brian. You're more than welcome to. Cheers, Bob. <laughs> Cheers, man. That's Brian Wild joining us out of Global in uh, Montreal. I do want to mention tonight on Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. They'll have a preview of the Edmonton Eskimos. You know what? I'm so out of state, out of mind right now. Brendan Escott, can you tell, who, who are the Eskimos playing tomorrow? They've got the uh, the Red Blacks at home, 3 o'clock kickoff. It's going to be a big game. They need the win. All right.
right. So doubleheader tomorrow, the Oilers and the Rangers, and then uh, Rick Campbell and uh, A.J. Jakubik and the Ottawa Red Blacks in town, 3 o'clock down at Commonwealth Stadium. And did I hear correctly today that Mike Riley did not take the walkthrough? He's been battling a little bit of illness. So Reed will have a look at the uh, Eskimos game and then uh, former NHL defenseman New York Rangers broadcaster Dave Maloney. 148 in Edmonton. We'll wrap up Oilers now after this. Welcome back, everybody. It's 152 in Edmonton. Bob Stoffer with you in New York City. Royal Pizza, Pizza Pass, and so much more. Edmonton owned and operated for 49 years. For many locations, visit royalpizza.ca. Download the Royal Pizza app from the App Store. Two, this day in order's history for New West Travel. Edmonton's premier travel company for 38 years. Book your winter group vacation package with New West Travel and receive free parking at the Value Park at the Edmonton International Airport. Go online at newwesttravel.com for all your vacation dreams. Brendan Escott does the work on this day in order's history. What happened back in 2006? In 2006, Bob, Ryan Smith set a franchise record for the fastest hat trick, scoring three goals in two minutes and one second as the Oilers beat the Sharks 6-3. The old record held by Mr. Gretzky was two minutes and 18 seconds. But to me, the weirdest part about this is that Jonathan Chichu also had a natural hat trick in the same game. I was at the game. I remember it well. Uh, it was a couple of years before I started doing the color. And, of course, the Oilers had beaten San Jose. San Jose was up two games to nothing in their playoff series, winning the first two games between Edmonton and San Jose in San Jose. I think both scores were 2-1. They came back to Edmonton, and the Oilers uh, won one of the games in triple overtime and then blew the Sharks out and ultimately wrapped up uh, – Game six on May 17th, 2006. And, Brendan, you want to know why I always remember that date? Because my son Hudson was born that day. So it's a very special day in the Stopper household. I remember watching the game with my wife uh, in the uh, in the hospital as uh, Mike Pekka uh, and Sean Horkov, I think, scored for Edmonton to wrap up uh, the uh, series against San Jose in six games. Uh, anyhow, they ended up playing the following uh, fall, and Chichu, of course, scored 50 in 0506. He gets a hattie, but backward the Oilers, and Ryan Smith breaks Wayne Gretzky's record. Well, you got to do something good when you're breaking Wayne Gretzky's record. Again, Reed Wilkins will have Dave Maloney, Rangers broadcaster on tonight, as well as a preview of tonight's or tomorrow's Eskimo counter against the Ottawa Red Blacks. Our face-off show begins at 9.30 a.m. And uh, and then we get the play-by-play of the Oilers and the Rangers. It's going to be a big one. And they'll have a overtime open line uh, after uh, the uh, let's see after the Eskimos game. So a doubleheader on 6.30, Chad. 6.30, Chad. The play-by-play voice of the Edmonton Oilers and the Edmonton Eskimos. Uh, Monday, Brendan Ulrich will be hosting. Here's the deal. The Oilers play the Rangers tomorrow. They fly back to Edmonton tomorrow night. Uh, CBA-mandated off day on Sunday, and then the Oilers will practice in Edmonton on Monday. I'll be in the air with the Oilers on Monday, and then Edmonton and Winnipeg Tuesday. So Brendan's got the show for you on Monday. Everybody have a great weekend, and uh, 
Let's see if uh, the Oilers' fortunes change here tomorrow at MSG. So long, everybody, from Oilers Now. Up next, a news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell, followed by the 6.30 chat afternoon news with Jalen Nye and Andrew Gross. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.